0: How come CZ, after looking at their balance sheet in two seconds, was able to see something was up, but these like investors didn't do enough due diligence to notice something?
1: It's really simple. It's called piggybacking. If you know this VC firm is in it, you're like, all right, I'm in. And then it goes down the chain. Oh, that VC firm is in it. I'm in. And then there's just no due diligence. And then everyone thinks, I thought you did the due diligence. And we're <laughs> like, <laughs> you know. <laughs>
2: Welcome to the latest installment of Currently, the podcast that brings you the week's current events in finance, business, and technology with insight from the experts. Today, Ryan Pilotta breaks down what's happening with Josh Goldtree. Josh is the founder and chief investment officer at Jag Capital. This entire chat focuses on the collapse of what was, until recently, the third largest crypto exchange by volume, FTX. Josh starts by describing his initial thoughts on the story when it broke, and lists a slew of incongruencies that were beginning to arouse suspicion around co-founder Sam Bankman-Fried. He then describes how so many seemingly sophisticated investors bought into what amounts to a Ponzi scheme, and talks us through what he describes as piggybacking. Josh then talks about how FTX's collapse could be a good thing for crypto in the long term, and what this all means for the last major crypto on-ramp in the U.S., Coinbase. Our podcast with Josh Goldtree reminds us that expert opinions and ideas are invaluable when choosing how we allocate assets. At Prometheus, you can learn directly from top financial professionals like Josh and access the funds they manage more easily than ever before. Go to our website, prometheusalts.com, and get started today. And now... Enjoy our talk with Josh Goltry.
0: So for those of you that aren't living under a rock, crypto is falling apart, the world's over, and I, my favorite person to have on to talk about these types of things is Josh Goltry, and okay. uh, he hit me up the other day, fired up to talk about some things that he's super passionate to get out into the world. So first off, I just want to hear, what was your initial thought when you heard about basically the initial, uh, SPF FTX kind of catastrophe. And then what were your thoughts when you started, when more and more started being revealed?
1: So just to start off, uh, I obviously never thought that, um, FTX was a fraud or I could have never guessed that, that it was a fraud, but, uh, I was always somewhat suspicious about, um, SPF's intentions. For the crypto industry as a whole, um, if you actually uh, remember when he was preaching to Congress about crypto regulation, uh, he actually was trying to help draft legislation that would be very bad for the DeFi space. So decentralized finance. Um, if you don't know what if you don't know what DeFi mm-hmm. is, um, and he was essentially You know, instead of, uh, you know, invoking, uh, you know, positive regulatory clarity for the crypto industry as a whole, he was actually more like drafting the future business plan for FTX. So he was acting more in his self-interest and in FTX's self-interest than in the interest of crypto as a whole. So that was always so number. that's number one. Number two. Uh, so as if anyone doesn't know, uh, SBF owned a company called Alameda Research, which was essentially mm-hmm. a crypto hedge fund slash market maker, um, and obviously owned and started FTX. Alameda was launched a couple of years before FTX was launched. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and the relationship between the two companies was always something that I thought was a little bit odd because, you know, imagine the advantage you have as a market maker or a hedge fund. If you also owned an exchange, hey, if Jack Capital owned an exchange, I'd be the best hedge fund in the world. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't know every order that comes through well, before anyone knows well, for and, that
0: clear conflict of interest. Isn't that why he kind of suspect, like moved his business to the Bahamas?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And anytime there's a, you know, an offshore based business, I think anytime someone ways. does
0: any business in the Bahamas or came <laughs> or anything, yeah.
1: you, sh- you, you should always view that with a lot of skepticism. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, I think at one point 10% or or at or at least what was recorded, it could have been more, but 10% of the trading volume on FTX was actually Alameda. Um, and SBF always preached that how he made his money was from um, was from arbitrage, uh, particularly with something which was called the kimchi premium. And if anyone doesn't know what that is the kimchi premium was uh a a a price differential between the price of bitcoin in the u.s and in south korea so what he would do is essentially buy uh on the cheaper uh exchange in the the u.s uh and sell on the more expensive exchange in south korea so that's how he claimed. He made yeah. all this money he was and how he arbitrage passed.
0: against the and taking yeah. advantage of the yeah. price discrepancies.
1: Now that might have been true. It could be true. It probably is true. Uh, did did he make as much money as I think people thought he made off that? Probably not. Uh, so yeah, I mean, so if it is one hundred percent true, yeah, if you do that up. A million times, right? And you lever up. Yeah, you're going to have a lot of money. And Mm -hmm. at the time, that premium was as wide as like 30%. But then people found out about it and, you know, that eventually gets arped away. Um, So, yeah, the immediate, my immediate reaction, though, to when (laughs) uh, the CoinDesk article came out was... Huh. Okay. I'm surprised that essentially a token Mm -hmm. uh, that FTX made or, you know, so it was the FTT token, right, is the the majority of the balance sheet of supposedly one of the most cutthroat uh, and best uh, crypto trading firms in the world. Mm -hmm. I was a little shocked about that. There there weren't many. So clearly there wasn't a lot of blue chip uh, crypto holdings there. Uh, It was mainly this FTT token. And essentially, you know, this token was created out of thin air, right? And it was pumped up and essentially out of it being pumped up, Alameda created equity, Right, because it's it's an asset that's worth nothing, and you pump it up to create equity on your balance sheet. So,
0: so for listeners that don't really understand, like basically, they were using this token to fund their business dealings through the FTT token by having people buy it.
1: So FTT was actually just a token that was used on FTX for you know getting discounts on trading commissions and whatnot, but it was also the largest holding on Alameda's balance sheet. It was 82% mm. of the balance sheet, which is really odd. Mm-hmm. And the trading volume in FTT was very thin. Uh, so not a lot of people traded this, right? So
0: you so knew the main main only reason they up- created FTT, like there was well, the their main reason they used it or created it was to like, they created any- it so
1: they can borrow against it. That's essentially uh-huh. the, the, the reason. Uh-huh. So they created equity
2: uh-huh.
1: and they borrowed against it. So when you create an asset, it creates equity on your balance sheet, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. And then when you have that, you can you can lever up, and they borrowed from every crypto broker on the street, from BlockFi to.
0: And what were they borrowing? Uh, they were borrowing other types of crypto. So or? one
1: of so one of Alameda's like bread and butter things was uh, yield farming.
0: Okay. Yeah. Uh.
1: Uh, I'm not going to get into that. I honestly don't think I can explain it that well because I've, I've yeah. personally never.
0: That's kind of like staking.
1: It's like, it's like staking on steroids though. It's like staking. <laughs> it's, it's not even staking. It's just, you're trying to. Uh, uh, well, actually, no, it is staking on steroids, but it's, it's on really, really risky uh, very illiquid tokens. It's like um, human
0: growth hormone steroids. If you can't even explain it, then they were probably up to something shady. It's like if you
1: were trying to stake Dogecoin or something. That's just yeah, just, that's, that's fucked. Let's just put it um, that
0: way. <laughs> so, and then also, Binance had a huge, large holding in FTT, which added to the complexity here.
1: Yeah. So here's where where things unraveled, and it you know it appears that CZ orchestrated one of the best corporate takedowns in history. Whether that's what he was actually trying to do, I don't know, but if he did, it was genius. So I'll mm-hmm. explain what was happening here. So um, Binance was actually one of the first investors in FTX. right? And at some point, um, uh, CZ wanted to liquidate Binance's position in FTX. So he asked uh, Sam to buy him out or have someone so, so buy a stakeout. Instead, Sam, uh, gave him partially cash. Uh, but the majority of the payout was an FTT token.
0: Oh, okay. That's how he got the FTT. I was wondering how he got the FTT tokens. Okay. Yeah.
1: So. Why would anyone want
0: FTT tokens?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't, I don't know anyone else. I mean, it serves absolutely no utility. It was Mm -hmm. just something created out of thin air, uh, it was a Ponzi scheme, as th- this whole thing is. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, the theory here is that CZ knew uh, how dependent Alameda was and how dependent FTX was on FTT. And he knew that the majority of the balance sheet makeup at Alameda was FTT. So
0: That could be an interesting motivation <laughs> for accepting FTT as the coin then
1: uh maybe but only if he eventually wanted to take down uh um, yeah. their operation so here's where it gets interesting is where he knew how so like i said he knew how a reliant ftt was in terms Oh no he knew how a reliant alameda was on ftt for a liquidity and balance sheet health um so he announced uh on the uh, town square, you know, of the internet, Twitter, that, you
0: know, he's going to sell all of his FTT. Um, And (laughs) considering- You wouldn't do that if you're going to liquidate all your holdings. You're not announcing it ahead of time.
1: Right. But I think what he was also upset about was that, uh, oh yeah, I I also forgot this. Sam was kind of bowed-mouthing CZ about not- uh, sitting in front of Congress to preach for crypto regulation. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, and, you know, there were certain articles put out about CZ's kids and family. It was, it was a little messy. So I don't think CZ liked that. And, I, and just also, you know, if Sam uses brain, I wouldn't, uh, criticize, uh, one of, uh, his first backers. Um, And a guy who's
0: holding, he's holds holding so much FTT coin at the time.
1: Correct. Yeah. So the theory is that CZ announced that he was going to sell all of his FTT uh, because he knew how how, how, how reliant that they were on that. And he also knew that the liquidity in that uh, particular token was very thin. So if you're selling $2 billion worth of FTT, which is what he had, it's going to, the, the price is going to plummet. It's just, it's pretty simple. Um, and what then ensued was that, and what caused the run on the bank at FTT, at um, FTX was that people thought, okay, if Alameda might have a liquidity problem, maybe FTX does too. No. So that's what caused the run on FTT. Which then subsequently exposed this massive eight billion dollar hole they had on their balance sheet because when you know people want to pull out their money because they're scared of something, but there's nothing there, you have a <laughs> the problem, there. right? Yeah. Um, so and Caroline Allison, mm-hmm. the CEO of Alameda, CEO of Alameda, uh, and a supposed ex girlfriend of SBF. Uh, we don't yeah. know if that's true or not, but
0: apparently they also the, had an open relationship when they were like dating multiple people. Yeah, there home.
1: were some weird sex parties happening in the Bahamas uh, yeah. with the Alameda crew. Let's just say that oh. <laughs> <laughs> they were all polygamous. They, all, I think, they all lived in the same house. They lived in the, yeah, they yeah. lived in an SBS uh, forty million dollar penthouse Albanese or something. But go. she is actually the one. So I don't know if anyone caught this, but. When uh, CZ announced that he was going to sell his FTT, Caroline said, in order to suppress the market impact of this, we will buy all of your FTT at $22 each. Now, at face value, it it doesn't seem like that statement is a problem. Here's why it's a problem, though. is because if you announce a price that you are willing to buy it at, if someone wants to sell it, you are essentially announcing that below this price, we have a problem. Mm. So the lowest price they are willing to buy it at without causing major balance sheet stress for Alameda was $22.
0: And any idea what it was trading at? She announced that price. How was it trading at at the time? It was
1: like 22, 25. And then it plummeted to 15. Um, Then it, no. You know, plummeted below two dollars. Um, so at that point, uh, their balance sheet was, I mean, Alameda was insolvent, obviously, after that. Um, and then their balance sheet was revealed. And aside from FTT, they owned a bunch of crap.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, it wasn't a lot of Ethereum, it wasn't a lot of Bitcoin, mm-hmm. and they had a lot of Solana. Uh, Sam was a a large early investor in Solana and was a big supporter of Solana, um, and you know, generally, it it it's just I don't have any words to describe the scale of this fraud. Um, but yeah, f- following that, that's what led to the run on FTX. Mm-hmm. Because people were scared, because of how closely linked those two entities are, that if Alameda has problems, FTX might also have problems too. And then it revealed that not all the money was there. So, <laughs> and it's funny because the exact um, the exact uh, hole on the FTX balance sheet, which was eight billion, was the same amount of liabilities hmm. on Alameda's balance sheet, which is 8 billion too. No so way. they were taking, so if anyone was living under a rock the past couple of <laughs> weeks, <laughs> if, uh, uh, SPFs or FTX, whatever you want to refer to it as, took customer deposits to speculate on at
0: his- The tune of $8 billion probably.
1: At least, let's just let's just say at least eight billion. Uh, but it wasn't only to speculate, you know. Like, I guess, you know, I don't know if you can give someone a pass for this, but it's not, uh, it's not as bad. It's just as bad, but it's not as bad as taking customer deposits and speculating on them, as it is to take customer deposits and buy a political party. And mm-hmm. buy houses and real estate all over the Bahamas. He owned about four hundred million dollars in real estate in the Bahamas.
0: Insane, yeah. Um, I think that's and, w- almost worse. <laughs> but um, like, but let's just go back for a second. A few, like, a few months earlier, he was he looked like the darling in crypto because he was saving a lot of crypto companies using money from Alameda, going and buying up large shares in defunct crypto companies, right? So can you talk a little bit about that and like what he was doing? Like maybe it was like five, six months ago, a lot of companies that were struggling and going insolvent because what happened to crypto, he was buying up and his excuse or reason for that was that he was trying to support the ecosystem. Okay, so
1: this is where it also gets pretty funny, (laughs) is that so the first crypto meltdown this year was in June. As a result of Three 0s Capital and yeah. Celsius and Voyager, um, and Celsius so was one of the
0: ones that he bought. I think
1: he bought Voyager. Yeah, Celsius just went uh, went belly up. Um, so everyone was always wondering how Alameda
0: had so much
1: was confidence. out of. Fe- oh yeah, okay. So aside from Three AC Celsius and Voyager, uh, that was also caused by the collapse of Luna. So i us actually go back further. The collapse of Luna led to the collapse of 3 AC mm-hmm. and the contagion and which from, subsequently like, led to the collapse of these C Fi lenders because mm-hmm. Three AC borrowed so much money from all these CFI lenders,
0: and we'll get to more yeah. of the contagion effect we might see later. But that was due to the contagion effect that happened Correct. from Luna that we saw there.
1: Correct. Yeah. So here's the thing: is a lot of people didn't understand how Alameda was unaffected
0: by this. Right. Mm. Um, at the and we, we even time. heard Brian Armstrong say recently that at the time he had no idea how they even had so much liquidity to be buying up these. It was very
1: suspicious. Broken yeah.
0: companies because he was buying up everything. I think he even invested a large amount into Robinhood.
1: Yeah, he bought, uh, I think it was $700 million, Robinhood. Something yeah, so like p- that. people were confused remember. as
0: to where he was getting so much liquidity.
1: $500 million maybe. I don't remember. But um, yeah, so people were uh, a little. Curious about that, uh, but I guess now we have the answer: is that he was filling the holes at Alameda with customer deposits at FTX. So,
0: and for like just lame <laughs> terms, basically, I download FTX on my phone, I get FTX on the app, and I go put in five grand to buy some coin or to I deposit five grand into my account to buy something. So it's going there; it's sitting in. Uh, FTX's accounts, and he's pretty much just taking it and using it.
1: Yeah, I mean, imagine if you gave a banker or an exchange $5. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And instead of keeping the $5 in the bank, uh, they put it in their bank account. (laughs)
0: <laughs> it's pretty simple't really tell was happening at all like they had no idea that this was really happening but it was like on their accounts they opened up their app and it looked like they had their money in there
1: well yeah look it showed you a number right yeah. but that 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 number meant nothing you know it's just a piece <laughs> of paper right so yeah. uh I think that um it's so interesting because the collapse so what I think people also need to realize is that the collapse of FTX and Alameda is is also the result of luna like the the effects of the luna collapse 3ac collapse and the c5 Mm -hmm. collapse are still being felt it is still happening so we will continue to face these blow-ups right we're not finished with this there are probably lots of pockets in the space that haven't been exposed yet um and uh you know We'll see, you know, where the dead bodies are are lying going forward because it seems like they just keep coming up.
0: Um, yeah, Do so, you think this is a good thing, maybe for crypto to start maybe exposing some of these frauds because we're kind of seeing like the death of a lot of NFT companies with Board Ape Club, uh, Yacht Club, whatever they're called. Kind of no, you know, they've lost a lot of value. Is this good for crypto in the end of the day?
1: <laughs> uh, in the very long run, yes um and but is it good for CFI or these centralized exchanges mm. that is a question that is more up in the air i think that what happened actually speaks more to the thesis of defi because if you notice all yeah. the blowups that happened this year were all on Centralized exchanges or centralized platforms, right? So the two main
0: centralized exchanges are going to be Binance and Coinbase right now.
1: Uh, Binance and Coinbase uh, seem to be uh, the last major one standing. There's Gemini, there's Kraken. Gemini had some issues uh, as well with their earn program. Uh, And like all these earn and lend programs on these exchanges, right? It's, it's, I wouldn't advise anyone to engage in any of that. And like, here's why is because your yield on that earned program is so dependent on so many different counterparties, not screwing up or mm-hmm. not going bust. Right. So how the earned pro like how earned programs work, right. Is essentially if you're using Gemini right? And you enter into their earn program. Let's say you're using your earn program for Bitcoin, right? Your Bitcoin is given to, let's say, uh, Genesis, who's also now on the verge mm-hmm. of bankruptcy. Um, Genesis then lends out that Bitcoin to an institution, right? Uh, and then the yield comes yeah. back all the way in the chain. So, the problem is, is if one of those, so if the broker mm-hmm. lent it out, or the ultimate end of that chain, who's you know the institution fails, then you oh, don't the have your broker. money. You yeah. don't have your money.
0: Sounds like a pyramid <laughs> a pyramid, a pyramid scam. Um, yeah,
1: <laughs> it it you know a lot of what happened, a lot of the the gains that happened in 2021 is starting to look more and more like it was influenced by a massive Ponzi scheme, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, so what does this mean for the space? Uh, short term it's, sentiment is completely destroyed. It's completely yeah. destroyed. Um, but, you know, I've spoken to a lot of crypto natives as well and, and people who are very invested in the space. And they're generally optimistic. Um, but do they think that prices are going to uh, rise like they did in the last couple of years? No. Um,
0: so I think a question that- for you I have is that, like we've seen so many legendary investors in FTX Sequoia was heavily invested as one of the most probably famous funds that were invested in FTX a number of celebrities as well c z after he he was going to attempt to buy ftX and he tweeted the ne- the day after that after looking at the balance sheet, it was so bad that they cannot move forward with buying it. My question is there are so many legendary investors that were invested they never suspected anything apparently um was off with them how come cz after looking at their balance sheet in two seconds was able to see something was up but these like investors didn't do enough due diligence to notice something
1: it's really simple it's called piggybacking so um if you know this vc firm is in it you're like all right i'm in and then it goes down the chain. Oh, that VC firm is in an admin. And then there's just no due diligence. And then everyone thinks, I thought you did the due diligence. It's like, <laughs> <you know? laughs> True. So it's just, uh, a, 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 just a gross lack of due diligence. Um, you know, I, you know, Jack capital has a, a, a small, uh, but growing, uh, VC strategy, um, and, you know, I've always asked to see the books. Even if it's an early stage shop, I don't care if they have any revenue. I don't care if they have a little bit of revenue. I just want to see that you're you're a real company, that you're a yeah. real thing.
0: You're not you know? embezzling comp- one money into another. Yeah, company. I just,
1: I just <laughs> want to see that you're not doing a bunch of funny business. That's all. I don't expect to see like a crispy clean balance sheet, especially uh, for stars. I just want to know that money is being used appropriately, right? And that the numbers reflect reality. It's really simple. Um, and I think that a lot of VCs, including the bigger ones like Sequoia and a, a lot of the crossover funds like Tiger and Altimeter were were just very, very swayed by other VC firms. And a lot of these firms were just really swayed by Sam himself. Yeah. It's um, odd cuz
0: he's not the most charismatic guy but somehow everybody was swayed by him.
1: It's so funny because I went back recently and I watched a bunch of his interviews. And like, yeah, he does like yeah. there It's not that he sounds stupid, it's just for someone who runs arguably the most important exchange in crypto, he kind of sounds like he doesn't know what the hell he's talking about.
0: Yeah, he was all—he was very scattered, all over the place. Seemed a little unhinged. I think yeah. there's a lot of stories that have been coming out now, also how he made his employees and himself take a lot of speed and amphetamines, um, Adderall. They were like, yeah, moving. they were always on on uppers for sure. Yeah, yeah. and if you watch They're any interviews, he's like shaking and-, and stuttering, and like he's like his hands are moving. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's a little odd that he was able to like win over through charisma or something. Um, some of these major VCs and investors, Tom Brady long list of celebrities who are now being sued.
1: Yeah, it's uh, I'm trying to like organize my thoughts because I have so many thoughts about this. <laughs> <laughs> What's your biggest uh, thought? Uh, so um, in regards to yeah, I mean, okay, if you want to mention the celebrities, I mean, anytime you introduce celebrities or you know, very famous athletes into your marketing campaign, you Are really trying to uh, uh, Mm -hmm. show a sense of legitimacy. You are really trying to show the world that you are the real thing. And sometimes, trying too hard should be viewed as suspicious, Um, you know?
0: Yeah, it looks like, it seemed like he was spending, he probably just gave a PR agency a hundred million dollars and said get me every interview, get me, like he probably spent a ton of money on PR. He was on. He was on panels with Giselle. Like he was, his face was everywhere.
1: Yeah, yeah, and there were just a bunch of like, there were a bunch of puff pieces in the New York Times. Unsurprisingly, considering his uh, contributions to the Democratic Party, you can also get into that
0: because
1: that's Uh, we're going to
0: get into that in a second. Yeah, I I even have an issue of Forbes here where his face is on the cover. He looks (laughs) incredible. Looks like they photoshopped it. Uh, They. You know, he he had all these puff pieces where he was basically the darling of crypto for a long time.
1: Yeah, but I would I would suggest you watch the interview between him and Eric Voorhees. Mm-hmm. And I think it shows that he's that was when he was really starting to unravel. He was nervous, like you said, jittery. Um, you know, and it was funny cause Eric Voorhees asked the question about, you know, would you be okay being charged to send an email? Right.
0: Like charging so, money to send an email.
1: Right. And he was comparing, you know, being charged to send an email to these, you know, centralized platforms. Right. Um, and Sam was just all over the place. He just, he was, he was clearly schooled in that interview by Eric mm-hmm. Warkees. Um, n- 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 not a lot of people know who he is, but he's, he's, he's a, the epitome of a crypto native. Um,
0: I'll look him up. He's
1: a Bitcoin maxi. You know, I don't know how hmm. I feel about Bitcoin yeah. maxis, but um, he's, he's, he's well known in the space. Um
0: well, that kind of brings us to the the next part of this is that leading up to this, you know, which is even more odd because he was living in the Bahamas and at the same time as living in another country, he was donating massive amounts of money to an American political party, the Democrats, um, clearly trying to get political favors or polit- political protection for maybe what he saw coming, but he was donating massive amounts of money, doing a lot of appearances in front of Congress, trying to vouch for... Advocate for more strict crypto regulations, and that also was angering uh, CZ. I think uh, making it seem like CZ needed more regulation. Um, you know, could you talk a little bit about your opinion on why he was doing so much donate do, doing so many donations to the Democratic Party and his, you know, his advocacy for more regulations around crypto. And then I know you said you didn't read it, but he did. There was that Vox article that came out where a Vox interviewer was um, was talking to him. And David Sachs has actually been posting this a lot on Twitter. Um, one of the most interesting parts of the interview, it was basically a DM exchange between him and a Vox reporter on Twitter. He basically admitted that all of the altruism that he was displaying was fake. He was doing it to get people to like him. He said like, yeah, of course it was all fake. I was doing it to get people to, uh, to like me and look good and like the Woke culture's eyes, like we all do, he said. um Yeah.
1: And look, this, this is just me, right? This is just me. But I don't trust someone who is worth that much money and lives like that. Mm-hmm. I think you're trying to hide something. I think you're trying to portray an image to build a Perception about yourself that's not real. Like um, I, you know, it's so funny because I would actually have trusted him more if, like, you know, he was a little bit flashier about his money. It's <laughs> just a little. How could
0: he? How could he be flashier than buying a forty million dollars place in the Bahamas?
1: Well, no one knew how. Like, I don't think anyone knew about. Oh, he didn't publicly say. This, yeah, I don't think anyone knew about all this flashy real estate
0: true. prior to if this, you look at any photos you know? if you look at any photos you don't see any of that stuff that no. uh sequoia actually did it a- this all Sukhoi. came
1: out afterwards you know yeah. and he drove around in the in the toyota camry in the bahamas i mean it's just a lot of the the real picture came out after all this yeah it's right? true and, and and yeah like obviously the whole Bullshit with altruism is nonsense. After you found out how much he spent on a penthouse, like, come on, <laughs> like, yeah. all that's bullshit. Anyway,
0: and uh, why not in New York or San Francisco or you know American condo? You're doing it in the Bahamas.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean any, I mean, like I said, again, like, like any time a business is running and operating offshore and is serving customers that are all over the world, it should automatically be viewed with suspicion. Um, mm-hmm. It's,
2: uh, yeah, it's not. Yeah, and I think what's Koya interesting did a is a really
0: big article about, um, about him as a profile piece, because clearly he was a big investment in there uh, for them. And um, some of the photos that they put in the article were like, looked like a dingy office, people sleeping on the floors. Like it, it looked like they were just hustling and, and struggling. It didn't show the, one of the most expensive country clubs in the world, um, that they belong to and all of that. There are stories that they also built their own sushi restaurant because they really wanted good sushi there.
1: (laughs) It's incredible. It's incredible. Mm. You know, like the, 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 the whole collapse of his empire, um, is, is interesting because, you know, when, 2008 happened with all of the banks in trouble and everything. Obviously, they had the Federal Reserve at their you know, at their backstop, right? And I kind of wonder if this complete collapse in liquidity for this industry would lead to some kind of Federal Reserve for crypto. Not in the same sense where it's centralized like the Federal Reserve is, but maybe through some kind of stable coin where if things got really, really bad for the industry, um, there would be some kind of mechanism uh, to save uh, the industry for, you know, the, mm-hmm. for the foreseeable future. Uh, wouldn't it wouldn't be, you know, just like... Wouldn't be structured the same way, but uh, you know it's funny because it's like you know the Federal Reserve was created after the run on the banks in you know 1907. Uh, so this is this is pretty equivalent to that. This is this is almost as equivalent. Um, so. Where do you
0: think things go from here? And do you think that he does jail time? It's a lot. A lot of people are kind of freaking out. I saw a really actually interesting tweet um, just before we jumped on where someone posted how someone in the Bahamas went to jail for six months for stealing like an eight dollar piece of produce. Um, yet Sam is still walking around free. Um, you know, we had some stuff come out where. The C the person they installed to be the CEO of the company right now, he cleaned up Enron and their mess, and he came out and said, "This is the unprecedented. It's the most gross act of corporate malfeasance he's ever seen." You know, is the he? The guys who did Enron went to jail for twenty years. You know, um, Jeff, the CEO of Enron, went to jail for almost twenty years. What's going to happen here?
1: I'd be I'd be pretty upset if he doesn't go to jail. But I also wouldn't be shocked if he doesn't.
0: Do you think that would have anything to do with his political contributions? If he doesn't go to jail?
1: Somewhat. I think, well, look, the political entanglements are are really odd here. Right? Mm-hmm. So, like, Sam's parents are... Pretty involved in politics, um, and Caroline Ellison's, you know, CEO of Alameda. Her father was an MIT professor who worked with Gary Gensler, who's our SEC mm-hmm. chair, who isn't a, a fan of crypto himself. Um, th- there's this crazy conspiracy theory that's that that started on Twitter. I'm not saying it's true, um, but there is definitely some weird uh, political relationships here. But the c- conspiracy theory is that FTX was essentially created to destroy crypto, right? And you know the SEC, you know, in bed with the big banks. Big banks don't like crypto. It's the single biggest threat. Mm-hmm. to the banks because it's a new financial system that does not include them, right? And, you know, the b- 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 biggest bank in the world is uh, uh, a big donor to the Democratic Party. Jamie Dimon is, is a huge Democrat. Um, so, you know, when he says... Crypto bad, do something about it. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think, I, I think this is a little far-fetched, but uh, if it were true, wouldn't be surprised either. Honestly, after everything that came out with uh, the collapse of FTX, it, I, I would believe almost anything about this. This is an insane yeah sequence of events it's 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 an insane uh you know it's an insane level of of incompetence on uh the institutional investor side insane level of competence on the corporate governance side the operational side of a business it's just I'm still speechless about it, to be honest. with you. Not, it's
0: not a bad. It's not just bad for hedge uh, for crypto funds, but it's bad or in crypto in general. But it's also bad for hedge funds, seeing that the the fraud that Alameda was taking part in, and they were a little bit more of a traditional fund investing in not just crypto, but a lot of different areas as well. Yeah.
1: No, I mean, there the, there were a lot of crypto funds who had their assets custodied on. On FTX, right? Yeah, and, and so there's a lot of asked. funds that
0: didn't do anything wrong, and they're going to they uh, uh, lose a lot of their. Um, they'll probably go all insolvent.
1: Yeah, th- there's a a well-known crypto fund called MultiCoin who had, I think it was 10% of their AUM on FTX. So, 10% of LP uh, money is gone, vanished.
0: Insane. Well, those people are going to be pressing charges, I'm sure, suing him, if anything. And then
1: all these creditors will be lucky to get pennies on the dollar.
0: Yeah. Very similar to the Madoff and all those other stories that we've seen. And this is,
1: see, the thing is, is with Madoff, you knew where the money went, right? Mm -hmm. With this, you don't know where the money went. You don't know where all this money went, Right. Like, Aren't it's you able just
0: tracking on the blockchain? Isn't that the whole point of the blockchain—that you could kind of see where it goes?
1: It is, but a lot of the funds were stolen and are hard to locate. <laughs> as a result, though, so,
0: And then we're seeing um, this. Maybe you could tell me a little bit about this um, new situation that's going on, where the money is being hacked out of the system, and it seems like it may or may not. Uh, that be- that hack is complete nonsense. So what is that? What's going on with that? Like five six hundred million just seemingly disappeared again. It's not a the, hack. Uh, it's
1: not it was that It was it was it was Sam or his group of bandits who took the 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 the, the last bit of scraps. It's not a it's hack. There's no pulling hack. out some more money. No. <laughs> I mean, listen, you had some smart programmers over there. They might have made it look like a hack.
0: I think that's what they're trying to do. Yeah, making it yeah. making it appear like it. that's what his he was claimed claiming that it was a hack. But what are the chances that the same week that this all happens, you guys also get hacked for nine hundred million dollars?
1: I, I I don't know who bought that. I don't know who bought that. It was a hack. <laughs> it's not a hack. <laughs> Promise you. Um, uh, no, it, it. I think that. Unfortunately, the people who have to pay the most for this tragedy are the people who did nothing wrong. Yeah. Um, So the, you know, true crypto uh, natives and believers, you know, and people forget Sam was not a crypto native. He came from Jane Street, which is one of the best trading firms in the world. Mm. Not for crypto, but for equities and options. Um, and started Alameda uh, to trade crypto. And I really just think Sam saw cryptocurrencies as another asset to exploit. I don't think he actually cared about crypto. I don't think he actually cared about uh, growing the, 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 the ecosystem for the better of crypto. I think he just cared about Sam. Um, I think and
0: somehow I think they fooled a lot of people with covering it up with really good branding and marketing. Like they bought- It was menu, excellent. Right?
1: And listen, like FTX was a wonderful product. I never used it. I know people who have. I've seen videos on the interface and the functionality because I was always interested. It's an incredibly built product. It had the best trading tools. It had the best liquidity. Um, that Apparently not, liquidity- that liquidity was also heavily influenced by Alameda, and it's interesting because, mm-hmm. like, like, FTX was really created for Alameda. It really wasn't yeah. created, you know. So it's funny because their motto is "built by traders for traders." <laughs> it's really built by Alameda for Alameda. Yeah,
0: that's really exactly. what. It that's true. That's interesting when you look at their. They were even sponsoring the Mercedes F1 car. They had their logo all all over that. Everywhere. Everyone knew what FTX was. Yeah, it was huge. I I was even thinking about getting rid of Coinbase and using FTX. (laughs) Me too.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think that what's funny about all this is that everything that... Like, the people who should be in power in the industry were not. And I think that going forward, they will be. You know, the people like Brian Armstrong and... Talek Behran, like those are the people who should be in power. Um, And it's funny because everything that Brian Armstrong has been preaching and his entire corporate strategy for Coinbase uh, actually makes a ton of sense now as a result of this because everyone thought that FTX was going (laughs) to kill them. You know, they're moving much faster. Well, of course they're moving much faster. They're they're operating in an un- Regulated region of the they world, had a so ton of
0: liquidity yeah. that they were using that from other there were other people's you money, know. you know. And I think what's interesting, if you're hearing any of Brian Armstrong's talks these days, he knew, um, you know, Sam pretty well. I love was,
1: I I love Brian Armstrong, and I think he is such a uh, a refreshing face and voice mm-hmm. in this time of crisis. He is the the most rational voice. Um, yeah, he is. Mm-hmm. and i and do was think talked,
0: that-, was that any of this was happening and he, he's the one that said like he was kind of surprised at how much liquidity sam seemed to have when he was buying all of these um assets and investing was- <laughs> if
1: you have billions of customer deposits you can <laughs> have as much liquidity as you want <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> treating it like your piggy bank yeah of course
0: so uh, before I let you go, well, why don't we end on where do you think this contagion effect goes from here? Because uh, as you said, there's a lot of innocent bystanders that are going to continue to be affected, not just people that had their money in uh, FTX or big, uh, you know, some different funds that may have had their money as custody as FTX was their custodians. Where do you think the contagion effect goes from here, and does it? How much more does it affect the rest of crypto, and also? It's going to be a dark winter for crypto just because people are kind of like turned off by this maybe in sentiment in general from retail investors is going to be quite a bit um, down right now
1: well we'll be in a cleansing process for a long long time i mean this is a big stain on the industry that won't wash off for many years i think this sets back the industry at least three or four years um, but what's interesting about it is that, um, you know, the first phase, and I've kind of talked about this in re- regards to my thesis on Coinbase, which I am reevaluating, believe it or not, for one particular reason or a few particular reasons. It's not a large... Position at the moment. So, you know, my overall PL was not completely destroyed as a result of this. But, um, uh, you know, the first phase of crypto is over, right? So the first use case is over, which was speculation and trading, right? Which was kind of how people speculated on the internet when the internet first became a thing, right? There were very limited use cases for the internet. So people just speculated on it. And ultimately, you know, a lot of internet stocks came crashing down and, you know, just the same way that a lot of uh, coins came crashing down. I still think there's a a ton of use cases and utility um, in for a lot of these protocols. Um, it's just a matter of, you know, n- n- number one, who is going to be as engaged, um, in the space as they were, um, are they going to be as engaged? I mean, uh, sorry. And it's, and our venture capital dollars still going to be thrown at this. Cause if there is no funding for new projects, and new protocols, it's going to be really difficult for the industry to advance. Um, but, you know, I had kind of mentioned this about uh, Coinbase uh, many times, but they're, you know, while they've had a big drop in trading revenue um, as a result of lower volume, uh, their, their new lines of business are actually doing very well because of the growing use cases within crypto. And there is a lot of talk that centralized exchanges are done. Uh, maybe. I don't know if I completely agree with that, because you still kind of need an on-ramp into crypto. And mm-hmm. at least in the United States, I mean, Coinbase has kind of, Really, uh, the only one now, uh and I think well, by, why,
0: why do people, people always say Coinbase is the only one? But like, there's also Binance, right? Or is that an issue in the United States the way they? So
1: Binance U.S. and mm-hmm. Binance are completely different entities. So Binance is not allowed to operate in the U.S. and they don't operate in the U.S. Binance US has a very very limited presence in the United States, and not a, a lot of people use them. Coinbase is really the on-ramp in the United States, um, and okay, they're, so they're limited in
0: how much they can their exchange can trade on. Binance. there's just not uh, you know it's just not as effective. So in the United States,
1: you know Coinbase is really the one now, mm-hmm. um, and they are and will continue to be the on-ramp. For the industry, I think more so now, they'll probably take some market share as a result of the collapse from FTX in terms of tr- trading volume. I think a lot of people, if so you had then, trust... is this good
0: for your thesis that you had back at the Idea Dinner? Like if you're going to be a long-term believer in Coinbase, this is technically good. I'm
1: still a long-term believer in Coinbase, but here's why I... He, I'm not saying I'm going to sell the stock. What I'm saying is I might not add to it more now just because mm-hmm. of, you know, certain things. And number one, so this is going to uh, persuade people even less to trade, right? Because this is just, you know, and, and and look, I know that my thesis is not all around trading. Actually, most of my thesis has nothing to do with their trading business because that um, was the past in terms of you cases of crypto and not Really, the future. Um, but another thing is that there is just a a, a general lack of trust for CFI mm-hmm. and centralized exchanges. If I had to trust one, I would trust Coinbase. It is a publicly traded entity that has audited financial statements and um, uh, uh, you know publishes or reserves. That they Mm -hmm. have, it is regulated as a not as a bank, but as a financial services provider in the
0: United States. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, yeah, look, I I think we we, we willingly give up some things in exchange for convenience. Like you know, when we put our money into a bank instead of carrying it around with us, we're giving up something for that convenience. So I think the thing is, is like you have two choices: you can do self custody and use and use you know use a more Decentralized uh, system, yeah. or you know, using something like Coinbase, uh, if you want the you know peace of mind and just to you know have something like that's a yeah. little bit more similar to a bank. So I think that's why.
1: Yeah, I think I think uh, the difference is that look, if if the, if the the banking system has a liquidity problem, right, you have the Federal Reserve. If the crypto ecosystem has a liquidity problem, there's no Federal anything. Reserve. So um, Um, But I think that actually what you saw was the week that FTX collapsed, uh, a lot of other exchanges uh, that operated offshore had a ton of outflows. Um, And Coinbase had none, actually. Hmm. Um, um, But just from a, 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 you know, short to medium term standpoint for the stock or for the company. uh, I think that it's going to be a long road back to uh, the prominent stance that they had. Um, I think that this also pushes back. So another reason why, you know, this is holding me back from buying more now is because I think this, pushes back the timeline on regulation significantly. Mm -hmm. And there are arguments that uh, people shouldn't regulate it because it uh, legitimizes the industry. And then there's a lot of people that just think that the industry is a total sham. So considering the, the, the very, very cloudy outlook right now, I don't feel the need to rush in and buy more. Um, So I'll continue to evaluate the thesis from here on out, but I'm not super motivated to buy more, even though it's, it's, uh, it actually hit a new low intraday.
0: I think just keep, keep keep waiting on the sidelines and see where it gets. And wait for, well,
1: I mean, the whole thing is that regulatory clarity or some kind of policy was going to lead to yeah. a lot of use cases, a lot of institutional flows, um, which I think will eventually will happen. And I think that Coinbase is probably going to be the go-to platform for that.
0: Yeah, um, and Brian's a big proponent of that. If anything, he's going to help craft you know, some of that legislation. Yeah. But um, and, you know, I think they're yeah. going to first have to clean up this FTX. You could,
1: mess. You, you could self-custody. Through Coinbase, they have a yeah, yeah. Uh, they they have their own wallet. So um, I think that's another you know I've talked about it how it's a it's a very undervalued asset and how it's actually very similar to the App Store and yeah. the gateway to Web three um, and how Coinbase cloud is essentially the developer ecosystem and those apps that are to develop through the Coinbase cloud or then put on Coinbase wallet. So it's, well, it's, it's great. Uh, they give
0: you what's great about Coinbase is they're giving you the option, the variety to, you could choose to use their wallet and how that coins. matters a lot.
1: I think that matters yeah. a lot. Yeah. yeah. So, and uh, no, I, I, I think that self custody is going to be huge as a result of this. And Brian Armstrong actually mentioned this, uh, a year ago on a podcast called Bankless, which I highly recommend yeah. anyone to watch, um, that self custody is the future.
0: Uh, yeah, for sure. So, if, you, if you if you trust yourself, I don't know if I trust myself, but you hear those horror stories about that guy who had like 250 million in Bitcoin in a little hard drive he accidentally threw out. <laughs> and a lot of these people, they, yeah. they were I mean, look, like then.
1: some. I think I think some people are just more comfortable having you know an exchange custody their assets but if you take the time it's 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 not that hard to learn how to self-custody um Mm. to be honest with you but a lot of people aren't as tech savvy to figure it out but i think what's great about coinbase wallet is that it makes the 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 process less cumbersome it makes the process of you know interacting with web3 very seamless um so
0: I think it's just like a, spe- a very specific part of the population. I mean, while we're doing this call, my mom just texted me. How do I buy an Apple audiobook on Amazon? Like <laughs> she's not, she's never going to be able to go self custody money on <laughs> an exchange. Yeah. So it's a very specific type of use case for yeah. that. Yeah. Um, so, but bye. man, thank you for coming on. I appreciate you so much. And you feel like you're, you know, our co-host now. We need to have you on and follow this story. I think we should follow this story closely. And yeah, where's um, my check,
1: man? you gotta start <laughs> paying me
0: for this. I don't uh, think I can afford you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. We'll, send you, I'm we'll kidding. send you royalties from all the advertising we do. Um, no, oh. but Jag Capital, I don't know if I can even advertise this. This might be against our compliance, but I think Jag Capital is going to be a proud member of Prometheus Marketplace very soon.
1: Yes, yes, we are. We're uh, in the process of... I'm in the process of getting onboarded uh, with the... Uh, uh, with the uh, due diligence team, and I'm excited to be on. Uh, See, unlike
0: FTX's investors, we do our due diligence, and you're going to pass with flying colors. We're going to get you in our marketplace um, and for more people to learn about, and then we're going to do a lot of great content with you. We're going to get you a way better webcam so we could see your face. Shitting on my webcam, man? Come on. You look like an NFT. (laughs) (laughs) no the lighting in here sucks in my office i'm just gonna yeah. say that the lighting in my office is terrible yeah you see my my light here i've got like this huge thing we're gonna yeah very house. nice
1: light i don't <laughs> i just yeah. have half i have half okay you're, you're half the brains light the half dark over here <laughs> uh, okay i just need, anyway, I need you
0: to commentate on the stuff thank you so much and uh let's let's do it again and follow the story um and we'll update everybody soon
1: let's do it man